the Mindset Athlete Podcast, and I'm your host, James Roberts. I'm a two-time Paralympian and owner of James Robert Fitness, which is an online training, nutrition, and mindset coaching business. First of all, I'd like to thank Lauren Williams for suggesting this quote to the show. An athlete is a mindset. It's how you prepare, think, and execute. Not because of some elite status or physical stature. Anybody can be an athlete. By Chris Hart. And each week on The Mindset Athlete, we like to bring you inspirational athletes, a message, or experts talking about human optimization to teach you how to change your perception of your mindset and become 1% better. And on today's show, I've got Chip Baker. He's a teacher, coach for the last 20 years, fourth generation educator, best-selling author, motivational speaker, networker, life coach, and consultant. But not forgetting, he's also the creator of Chip Baker, The Success Chronicles, where he interviews people from all walks of life and shares their stories for inspiration and motivation. So welcome onto the show, Chip. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. So beyond the initial introduction that I've given you there, is there any additional nugget that you'd like to share with my audience? No, I mean, I think that's pretty, that's pretty good. I'm just an, an ordinary guy working real hard to achieve some extraordinary things. So, <laughs> Well, that's very, that's very humbling because obviously, um, well, I liked – I like what you shared with me the other day in terms of on, on that video. Can you share that with my audience, that in, that Instagram post? So uh, is it, the, which one is it? Because <laughs> I post a lot. Is it the one with the, uh, our differences, the beauty of our differences? Yeah, it's, that's, it's that one, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, in our world, we're surrounded by, you know, lots of different people. All walks of life, all races, all socioeconomic statuses. And, you know, there's beauty in that. There's beauty in our differences because, you know, we can learn from each other, you know, if we have the right mindset and the proper uh, perspective. And so I think it's important to appreciate the differences and, and know that, you know, the big man made us. We're all a one of one. You know, we're all individuals. Uh, and that's beauty because now it makes our life journey exciting because now not only, you know, are you striving to learn about, you know, others around you, but really you're, you're working really hard to learn about yourself. And I think that's where the fun becomes. Do you think it's even more uh, of a thrust to the, to the, to the, to the forefront when it comes to sports or more specifically team sports, because obviously people are going to come from different backgrounds because they can come from different uh, households. Oh man, you know, I love, I love, you know, the, the life lessons that sports teach, you know, uh, you know, when you come in uh, on a team uh, in sports, none of that other stuff matters. No, it don't matter your race. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter. Like none of that matters. What matters is that we're coming together for a common goal. And if you're in the trenches with me, then you're my brother and I got your back, period. You know, and I think that's the beauty of uh, sports. And, you know, from that, you build those quality relationships in your life. You know, and you know, I played sports for sports for four years in high school, college football, been a been a coach for 20 years. Uh, so, you know, I've, I've 
established and built quality relationships from sports throughout my whole life and it's benefited me so much. How do you think for you more specifically, Chip, has that kind of influenced your life? Oh man. Um it's funny, it's funny you, you asked that because I was having a conversation with my son uh a few months back and um you know we were talking about he's going he was going into age where he was you know about to start football and he hadn't played football you know we were weighing out the pros and cons and you know I, I'm not a dad you know football was my thing but I didn't make it have to be his thing you know so you know I let him kind of choose you know what he liked but we were you know talking back and forth and I was like man think about people in my life that have been in my life that you've known your whole life that are important to me you know he named this person I was like well you know that person we were you know we were little league teammates his dad was my little league coach and we played in high school together you know what and he said what about this person and this was a guy who was my college teammate you know when I tore my ACL in college like this guy took care of me like he made sure he took me to the cafeteria so I could eat you know we're still close brothers now you know and so in giving you those examples really what I'm saying is so the first thing is you develop so many quality relationships um, and they they become family, you know, friends that are family, uh, you know. And so uh, just in my life, man, all of them, you know, besides my faith, besides my, you know, legit family, you know, pretty much most of the big things in my life have come from being involved in sports. And obviously you mentioned tearing your ACL, that chip. How much of obviously mental health is a massive thing within society and, and probably more so within sports. How much of an influence was it having that teammate that you speak about right there, having your back when you're going through such a hard struggle, both physically and mentally? Oh man, like to this day, like I, I feel that I'm so in debt to that guy um, because. Um, and you know, you know, when you have injuries, it, it hurts more in your heart than it does on the actual injury. You know, it hurts more in your heart and on your mind than the actual injury. And so, you know, you you feel like you're at your lowest point, and there's a lot of mental things that come along with that. But when you have somebody that's there for you, where it doesn't matter if you're at your lowest point. Hey, man, I got you. Like, like, how can I help you? Like, like, what can I do? to help you and so you know what I've tried to do is return that favor you know that same guy has had uh, three sons he has three sons Um, two of them are in coaching and one will probably be in coach he's a college football player right now but in turn like I've tried to be mentors for his kids because I'm in coaching he's not in coaching so you know they they actually call me uncle you know one of them you know half his family they call me (laughs) T.O. you know and so I mean, it's just, again, having someone there to pick you up when you feel that you're at your lowest point, when you have nothing to look out for you. It's an amazing feeling because that just shows me, hey, it doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't matter whatever. Like, you're my guy. I got you. But do you think nowadays on the outside of sport, that's becoming less and less? And obviously that's a little bit of a generalization but a little bit people are getting more, more, more and more cutthroat and taking essence of obviously what sport is built upon 
that obviously the competitiveness, but obviously we don't forget from a um, camaraderie standpoint, we're we're there for each other when times get tough. Do you think society and life has kind of gone one one eighty with it and taken it sport from what we call probably qualities, and they've made it probably into a negative? Or is that me look, looking at looking at probably in the negativity and looking at things in a negative light. Well, I'm going to just tell you this. My blood type is B positive. So uh, (laughs) I'm not going to look at anything in a negative light. So uh, I think for me, um, all I know is the sports world, you know, and the people that are close to me that are super important to me or my family and the people that have probably been involved in the sports world too, you know? And so, you know, for me, I think, I don't know. I don't know if it's, if it's changed. I don't think it has. I think the more, there's more awareness with knowledge and all of those other things, you know, like now, like like people will focus more on the mental health and the steps to progress and all those things. Whereas, you know, back then it was like, get tough, like just get it done. You know, like, I don't care about your whatever, like, just get it done. You know, whereas now it's more of a be considerate uh, of others and those kind of things. But as far as the shift from the sport, I, I don't think so. Um, you know, I've, I've interviewed several people on my podcast and I've had some people talk about, like, they're like big time businessmen or big time. They say, you know, I, I strive to only hire you know people that have been athletes, people that have been uh, waiters or waitresses. Uh, people that have possibly been in the health profession, you know, those people, they know the value of teamwork. They appreciate others. They give service to other people, um, you know, and they, and they help others. So when you have those traits uh, with people that you work with, that you're around, things will continue to grow in progress because uh, they know the value of being on the other side of that. Just like I explained to you, I had nothing. And do you, do you think obviously the athletes go beyond obviously teamwork? But do you think because we have those values in, I won't go as far as the DNA, but it's pretty well close to it because you, most people have done sport from a very very young age. Yeah. Obviously, when they come out the other side, they don't know anything. <laughs> they don't know anything else. That's so all they know. Yeah. So people do. So, so you do have people say to you, "You need to stop living in the past." But obviously, what's your take on on that argument? Because obviously, for me more specifically, I used it as a vehicle to probably make myself aware of things when I wasn't particularly doing things um, in the right way when I'd come out of the sporting sense. And it kind of gave me, it stills a way of being able to reconnect with some of the things I probably took for granted in sport. Yeah, I... um... Now, restate that question for me, um, please. In, in terms of, and it's it's been brought up on a TV show as well, and I can't remember which one it is. But you know, the difference between living in the past and being stuck in it and only taking the good of it, and then on the on the other yeah. side of that. Yeah, I think uh, for me, um, I think we don't need to like completely harp. Uh, on the past, because if we if we continue to stay on the past, it doesn't allow us the opportunity to grow. So I think you know, just like in anything, I think we need to be aware 
of that, you know, but really like, and this is a good example. So like for a long time, my son wasn't really interested in, in like football. Right. So then like now that he's playing and I never really said, well, yes, son, I've done this. And I, you know, I like, I never have said those things, you know, to my son, like I accomplished, I was, I never, that's not me. But now once he's interested um, in playing football, you know, now he, he finds out that what you played on varsity as a freshman, you know, like, like you still have your college jersey, you know, like, you know, like, you know, what, you know, what are other, like, y'all got to go do this, you know? And so some of those things are coming up and now he's aware of that now, you know, but really to me, what's important is that he knows that, you know, from those experiences, it's allowed me to be the best father that I can be, mm-hmm. you know, and now I can, you know, guide you in the right path to where you need to be, you know, like, yeah, I was blessed to achieve some of those things, but I've taken from those lessons and now it's a, it's a matter of growing, you know, and progressing. And so I think we do need to be aware of the past uh, because our past things are what gives us pride and what really uh, makes us who we are, you know, because we go through those things. So no, definitely don't forget about that. But we also need to just be aware and then strive to continue to grow. Do you think on the other side of that argument then, Chip, then that it's the media that hypes it up, you know, the comparison between the, oh. the son and the, uh, the we'll say, we'll say the, the parent and the child, because obviously not comparing sex against sex, but do you think it's the media that kind of looks for that comparison? Well, the, the parent was able to achieve this, this, this accolade wise. Will the, will the, will the child be able to repeat those feats? And obviously I'm talking probably more specifically where it happens, probably the NFL. Yeah. Use that argument. And that's what I was going to say. In my case, probably not. Maybe in your case. <laughs> yes. No. But, uh, but I think, uh, I think one is genetics, first of all. But, but yes, I mean, it plays a part. I'm a balanced person and I, you know, I'm positive, but, you know, I'm not stupid either. So I know that there's good and there's bad. So I really strive to work for the balance. Like I know that there's people that like overly, blow things up but then i know there's people that's not don't you know hype it up enough you know but in the middle of that it's hey have your core common values things that you believe in work hard do right treat people right or give your all and on the other side of that is greatness uh fulfillment happiness and so regardless of what these people think regardless of what those people think if you continue to focus in and do those things then you'll get where you want to get do you think that's why people lose motivation? They they lose sight of the the three you mentioned being the greatest person you can be, the the fulfillment it obviously gives you, and ultimately, do you strive to? And this is general when you need to give up, probably hang up every, any object of the sport is. Do you still enjoy? It? And obviously, that's the happiness. Do you think people lose sight of that and they look to motivation as? a scapegoat to kind of say, well, I've lost motivation to, to do lose weight, uh, to venture out and do a, a, a new sport or sort to try something new. Do you think they've kind of pin it all of it on, on that and then lose sight no, of everything that we've forementioned? No, I think, I think we change. I mean, you know, 
like in, in different ages at different levels of our life like it's different things that's important to us more important to us than others and our priorities change you know and so the goal is to you know find you know be able to have um noise cancellation so that you can really focus in and understand yourself and, and what makes you tick and what drives you um and then when you can do that um it allows you to continue to be motivated. But within that, you know, just like each grade, you're gonna level up. Things are different. You know, if you if I've won a gold medal, well, bro, I'm trying to get two. You know what I'm saying? I can't do the same things I did then if I'm expecting it to grow. And so, you know, and at different stages of our life, uh, certain things are more important. You know, when you don't have kids, you don't have a family, well, yeah, it's just you. You know, well, when you have all those other things, well, it's us. And so the decisions that I make are not based on me, it's based on us now, you know. And so all of those things come into play. And, man, it's, it's so freeing, if you will, to be in a position in your life to where you control what you want to do. You know what I'm saying? Like you set yourself up to be highly educated. You set yourself up to have quality relationships. You've set yourself up to put yourself in positions to where you, you know, you have cards to play. You know, you have a master's degree, you're certified in this, you've done this, you've done this, you've done this. Well, when you decide to go make your next step, you're going to be motivated because you're choosing what you want to do. As opposed to some, well, I guess I got to take that or, well, I don't, I don't, I'm not, well, well, I have to do this. Well, no. You get to choose, I think, when you get to control your destiny, when you feel that you're in control of your destiny, I don't think you, you, you I think you stay motivated because you're, you feel that you're, you're having growth continuously. And you talk about noise canceling. What do you do? And obviously it's an evolutionary process now because it's going to yeah. become more difficult because you've got loads of things to detract from your attention. But what do you do specifically to, 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 to keep yourself ticking over and having that awareness because obviously it's evolved over time as you as a person. Yeah. Just like I explained, I just really work hard on looking, uh, looking in to win, looking within to win and striving to be the best version of myself. You know, just really working on having the right priorities and starting with my faith first, you know, and I feel that if I'm in alignment with that, if I'm, you know, like I said, you know, trying to do things the right way with it from a good heart perspective, treating people right, working hard and, and, and striving to, uh, to continue to be better each day, the best version, one step at a time. I think that that's one thing that I do that allows me to eliminate the distractions because organically that'll happen when you, when you get focused in organically, you don't even hear any of that other stuff. You're like you don't even know what other people are doing because organically you're focused in, laser focused in on on what you're doing, and it, it takes care of itself. So you don't have to work hard at saying, "Well, oh, I don't want to." No, it just happens. And so, surround myself with the right people that are goal driven as well, uh, that will invest in me, um, and um, I think. <laughs> This is my mother used to say this, you know, boy, if you're going to do something, do it right. You know, growing up, you know, she put the boy in there too, right? Boy, if you're going to do something, do it right. You know, 
And so, you know, I just kind of stick with that still to this day, you know, as a man. And so, you know, if I'm doing something, I just try to do it right. And I know that if I want to do things the right way, I can't be involved in all that other stuff that takes away from my, my focus. And I think that's probably the, and it's probably people would say that it's probably an old, old style message, old school message into, but it obviously still, it still serves a purpose because, uh, well, mine is probably more recent, but it's the same with my mother. It's, as long as you put hundred percent into it, I will support you. And that's, that's, yeah. that stuck with me. It's like, well, I was, and this is the same story with you. You, you didn't force your son to do sport. I know what other family members will say to me it's, and this is only recently that it's been brought up where they kind of said, um, you, you, my mother was trying to live her life because she didn't succeed in sport for me. It's like, I would disagree. There was no coercion, no pushiness in terms of, well, James, you need to go in this direction because I, I, um, I think you should do that. Okay. It was probably this is the best choice for you with having a disability to succeed in, in an able-bodied sporting world. That's the right choice. But obviously, ultimately, that choice rests with me. Do I continue on that route? So I would argue with that family member to say, no, I've seen what pushy parents look like. Even, even, even as a child, I know what it looks like. Yeah. You, you can yeah. tell what those, those, they stick out a mile away. And it doesn't matter what sport it is. You, if you are aware of it, you can see. Well, ultimately, is that child going to be happy in the long run? Probably not, right. because they're trying to right. they're trying to appease that person. So I would say to people, uh, I know somebody reached out to me on, on on Instagram about it. Oh, I want to give my daughter um, the best opportunity to see what's capable is it you or is she dictating in terms of, and it was related to sport that he was showcasing. Well, what happens if she doesn't want to do that? Have you thought about that? And that obviously I'm not telling him right. his, his, his choices for the wrong one. I'm mm-hmm. making him aware. Is it the right choice for your, for your daughter to, to go down the sporting route? How you ask that? Okay. For me, I wanted to do sport and I think family did say, would you do it over again? Yeah. I would probably make different choices within that tenure, but that's, yeah. that's me reflecting on the career I had now as a 30 year old to obviously something that's been through my teens and, and 20. Yeah, for sure. I would do it again because it was, um, there's so many learning experiences within it. it yeah. I would be a t- totally, totally different person now if I hadn't had chosen to do. To, and I obviously, or, or I would be a different person to start with because I always wanted to set out because I, I know family wants the best for you because obviously they look at needs versus must. What you talked about, be it from a job perspective. Yes, that was a dream of you, dream of yours to want to do sport. But shouldn't you got a career first? And obviously, you're. I'm always gonna probably go against it, but I will listen to them. But I think it it it, it comes to your point exactly in terms of you weren't steering your son down the football route. He made his own choice to go down there, and he's going to come to you for mm. possibly advice because you you you're a, you you coach and you've been there and and see, well to a certain extent seen it all. Yeah. 
and, and it's a fine line, I think, too. Um, but each person has to go down their own journey. And I know, you know, as a parent, you know, you, you want to, you know, lay it down for them so they can, you know, and just tell them every step. But really, you know, and you know this is an athlete, like you have to make your own mistakes so that you can learn. You know, but what he needs from me is just to say, hey, when he makes that mistake, hey, you got it, man. Keep working. You know, not for me to say, hey, what are you doing? You know, you you know, I, it, he doesn't need that from me. He needs me as his father. He has a coach. He has a coach, <laughs> you know, as his father, he needs me to be the support. And he needs to know that, man, it, it don't matter to me what you do. I love you. <laughs> you know, like, just go have fun, man. You know. Well, you've got, I think, I think from a sporting sense, you, you've got, in, well, not instant replay, but be at a higher level, high school maybe, you've got the analysis to look back at it on game film yeah. after the fact to kind of say, and you'll probably be pulled for it, but, and I think yeah, as athletes, and, and you don't, do that. you yeah, don't make do. a big deal about it, but, but I yeah. think from, from an outside perspective, people don't look at it, because, okay, that's awareness. You've done this wrong. What are you going to do about it? Because if, obviously, if you keep right. doing it over and over again, you're going to get pulled and you won't play because ultimately the not team's good. not going to win. Yeah, I said if you don't if you don't do your job, you get fired. And and, and he had an instance like that too, where uh, he he wasn't producing, and you know they put somebody else in a position, and and uh, then he started asking me more questions. Because what's funny is the position he plays is what I coached, right? So, you know, it's a struggle for me to not say too, too much. Like, bro, you got to step with this foot. Get your hand right here. Make sure your head is here. You know, focusing on the techniques like I coach. But just saying, hey, just give him one tip. Hey, get your butt lower. You know, get your leverage down. That'll help you, you know, be stronger. You know, just little things like that. And now when he's like, man, it did work. (laughs) Like, like, well, you know, I've been doing it a little bit, bro. (laughs) You know. So it's it's good. It's fun. It's a learning lesson for both, you know. Does it take a lot for you to be have to take that step back to kind of not give too much information then? Um, it's work, yes, because just like you said, I've seen the overdoing it parent, you know, and then I've also seen the not so involved parent as well. Um, but for me, I only get one shot at this, and I'm gonna do the best I can in my shot, you know? And so in order to do that, I have to be reflective and and be aware of my steps and the way I'm doing my thing to make sure that, that I'm on point so that he uh, benefits, you know, and not be like, cause I want it to still be his thing. Like you said, that's, that's how you continue to grow and have um, continue to grow and be excited about it, you know, and have the drive and the motivation for it. Like if you're exploring it and you're not made to explore it, that's when your self journey, that's how you have your self journey. Well, I think it does come down to the, 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 the key points of it is fulfillment and happiness, yeah. because I think if you lose sight of one or the other, I think you start to obviously see it as a job, which was my case towards the end of the career. It's like, well, what, why am I really doing it? Obviously 
the, my podcast is a massive help. It would have been nice to have it as an athlete. Can you ask you ask these one, wonderful people like yourself? Well, if I come to this situation of A, B, C, what do I do? And obviously, you start to be a little bit more aware and question the things that you're doing, and obviously change it. But I think for me more specifically it, I, I lost the enjoyment to do it it became a well, I won't say a chore but it was a job it was yeah. I was paid to do it and then really I lost the purpose of well, why am I really doing it because I want to I, I, I'm ticking off these box ticking these boxes and that's about it I, I, I've lost sight of probably the real essence of the very beginning of why I wanted to get on the ladder in the first place and obviously that takes a bigger person to be able to, to, to see that. But I'd be ticking off and climbing that ladder, ticking it off as I go on. And now I'm almost at the top. And this is probably where everybody loses sight of things. They lose, actually, well, how did you get there in the first place? Okay, if you'd have written, written it down or, or, or be it had it in, in auditory form, you could go back and... Or, or or a case in point, watch it, watch it over again. Well, what, how did I get to from A to, to argument's yeah. sake, C, this is the steps I took and the process I did. Whereas I think even athletes, I think they do gloss over it a little bit, or I know I, I know I did. It was, it doesn't matter if it was good or bad. I did it because ultimately I want to get to the result. And I think this is probably where, most people in society is i don't care about the process i just want the result what how do you ultimately replicate it if you only want the result but you don't want to know the ins and outs i i understand you don't want the ins and outs of the process but you're not writing down or acknowledging this is how you've done it so so when you do step away from from a coach no wonder most people fail because they they've not they've not looked at well how did i get there in the first place yeah, they they weren't aware during the moment, and that 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 a word is huge. Your awareness, you know, when you can be aware of the things, and and then I think even deeper than that, awareness comes from having gratitude. You know, and if we can be thankful for the opportunities that we have, I think it allows you to be aware of the situations that you're in which allows you to be reflective, uh, you know, on the steps um, that you've taken to get there. So when you're out of it and you've grown, like you said, the top of that ladder, you know, you're able to kind of peek down a little bit and say, and that was cool. You know, this is what I did to get there. You know, and as you continue your climb on the ladder, you're like, hey, man, you down there, hey, make sure you do that, you know. Hey, you down there at B, you know, make sure you do this you know, as you're continuing to climb. I think, I think the reflective is a, is a massive one. I think it's, it's commonplace now. You talk about sports psychology. It was, it was, yeah. you only talk about, oh, so maybe say 10, 15 years ago. It's like, woo, woo, what's, what's this? It's like uh, black magic. Whereas now it's part and parcel of sports. So people look at the reflective practice. I didn't know about that until I went to university and we're, we're okay. We're talking about yes, yes. 10 years ago. I didn't, I, yeah. and, and when it comes up and rears its head again, well, I know what that is. It's, I, I've not seen, 
not, not seen it for a long time, but it's been able to step back. And, and, and you talk about gratitude there, even if it's a small win, it's, it's being grateful. Well, okay, you've not accomplished the to-do list for today, but you've accomplished something massive and just being grateful for being able to do that. And I think it's a small win, but obviously looking on the bigger picture, you're still taking inroads into, into the larger picture. And I think if you do get too laser focused at times on the smaller things, you do lose sight of the bigger picture. And I think, even giving yourself a pat on the back for, for accomplishing even the minute or the superficial or not superficial, the, the smallest things that you take for granted, it's still an achievement. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. The, the fact that we're alive is enough to just say, Hey, I'm thankful to see another day, you know? And, you know, then from there comes, Okay, well, because I'm thankful to see another day. Well, what am I going to do with this day? You know, and then once you figure out, okay, what am I, what am I going to do with this day? Then you, you know, you get to it, you put the work in, and then you end the day with, man, I'm thankful to make it through another day. You know, and you're checking off your checklist. What did I get accomplished today? So the the next day, if you're able to make it to the next day, you hit the ground running. You know, then the next day, man, I'm thankful to see another day. <laughs> you know, what am I going to do with this day? You know, so you just continue to grow. Well, it's, and- it's looking at the bigger picture. And it's something my dad is, I think when I was looking to uh, use self-development, overcomplicate things, he, he just said, he just said the exact words. That's the massive thing that you need to be grateful for is, is waking up, waking up one day and, and, and be finishing the day to be able to go to sleep at night it's as simple as that and i think obviously you could go a step further than that and i explained to somebody just saying hello to somebody and acknowledging them is a massive one because uh we're getting more and more and further from that in certain parts of of the world where we're not even speaking to each other so when things come up uh from a health perspective when they say, and this was on on the news in the UK, that even, there's seven year olds coming to doctors with anxiety, yeah. But it's not yeah. a, it's not a difficult fix to fix these things. It, it's it's communicating more. It's having more of a community. These it's not it's not rocket science to yeah. to, to fix them and, and go back a couple of generations. It's it's just the willingness for people to want to do it is a different. It's it's stepping out of your comfort zone. Uh, I know more and more kids uh, will use, well, probably their only form of communication will be text message. They've lost the art of communication from a perspective of talking. No wonder you're, you're scared when it comes to what they will term as public speaking. Um, but it's only like a school project. That is not difficult in the grand scheme. You have to do that to pass for a grade. Maybe the sports person wouldn't be, have a big deal because they might have that swagger around them where they, they well, it, could be, it could be a front that they put that, whereas they're not as comfortable within their own skin, but they're able to. They're to able to though. dig deep and do it because they've done that when they compete as, as an athlete. So, I mean, I'm able to dig deep because I know 
what I need to get done. Well, it's enjoying it. And I think, I think somebody was saying to me, it's the, the most, it's the highest fear people have and it's above dying. I would have thought you should be more scared of dying than, than, than uh, stepping on stage to, I don't know, fair arguments, like say 10 people. That's not scary. It, it's, it should, it should excite you. I think from the athlete perspective, that's probably not enough of a showcase. It's 10 people. Nah, that's not enough of a spectacle. I want more people. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> more, more eyes on me, huh? Well, you're in that gen- kind of generation of you know YouTube, social media, instant yeah. highlights. They they probably would love it in terms of yeah. more people see me. Obviously, you could go different ways in terms of is it a facade people are putting on to be able to be accepting of themselves and be accepted by other people okay that's a different topic altogether but i think at the root cause of it they're more likely to see it as something to be excited about than fearful of it's like well i have to do it to get a grade be it whatever level be it high school collegiate i have to do it anyway might as well enjoy it yeah i love that so true so my penultimate question to you, Chip, then is if you had to sit down with any, and I'll, and I'll pose it from the coaching perspective as well, any player or coach, and you can have two answers for this, dead or alive, who would those be? If I and, could have. And why? If I could have two to speak to, who would it be? If I mm-hmm. could have two coaches? Oh, man. Uh, first, for sure, I'd go with Tony Dungy. Um, you know, great, great man, great faith background, uh, quiet strength, you know, don't have to say much to get lots done. And then I kind of you know, try to mimic myself after that as well. And then I think the, the next one will probably be uh, Coach John Wooden um, because just of the greatness and the consistency of years of championships. You know, and, and, you know, I read lots of his books and, you know, what really it goes back to the attention to detail and, 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 you know, making sure that you're consistent with your detail. And when you do the little things right all the time, the big things take care of themselves. And what, what about from a player perspective now? Um, <laughs> if, if, which players I would want to have? Mm. Oh. Man, Ray Lewis for sure, because <laughs> um, he's he's the man, you know, ultimate leader, ultimate give everything guy. Um, and then my my second guy would be a Texas guy, Mike Singletary. Um, you know, big time. I play linebacker as well, so you know he's just a leader. Uh, you know, people would say, you know, you're too short, you're not fast enough. He might not be big enough, you know, but that guy just stepped in there and got it done in college, stepped in there and got it done in the pros. And so, you know, that's what it's all about is just getting it done. You know, don't worry about what it, what it couldn't be, what it possibly shouldn't be, but you just go in there and you just get it done. And my final question to you, Chip, before we wrap up the, 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 the episode is if you had to summarize what we've been speaking about, into one sentence for people to take away, what would that be? Oh, that's a good question. If I had to summarize 
this what we discussed in one uh, from one, one one sentence. I think it would be the formula to have continuous growth and significant success in your life. So once again, Chip, thanks again for coming on the Mindset Athlete Podcast. Hey, my pleasure, man. Thanks so much. I consider it an honor and a privilege. Oh, the pleasure has been all mine. If you like this episode, please do share it with your friends and do let Chip and I know what you thought of the episode by tagging us over on Instagram at ChipBakerTSC and at James O. Roberts 11 and that is the number 11 and again you can do the same on Twitter and Facebook and in addition if you had any questions don't hesitate to, to fire them across as well and finally don't forget to check out Chip's YouTube channel Chip Baker The Success Chronicles and as always do check out my free content at fitamputee.co.uk and click on the tab resources but not forgetting i've also started a new facebook group especially for the podcast which you can find by typing the mindset athlete so make sure to check those links out they will be in the description you can find all the show notes at mindsetgame.lipsim.com under the category general so once again thanks for listening And I'll catch you next week for another episode of the Mindset Athlete Podcast.